0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Unsolicited. I'm your host, Shlomo Aaron, and today we have a very special guest. I'm very excited to have her on. Her name is Esther Cern. So uh, without further ado, Esther, um, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Shlomo. I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much. And I'm excited to be here.
0: All right. Awesome. So let's just jump right into it. Um, You want to just give a quick explanation of who are you and what, what do you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So my name is Esther Stern, like you mentioned. For those of you who see me on LinkedIn, uh, I look a little like a pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm the VP of Originations at Nexus Towers. And basically, um, what we do in a nutshell is broker buyout deals for telecom leases. So just to explain what that means is, let's say, a property, you know, a multifamily building, let's say, that has a lease with Verizon on the roof, and they're receiving, you know, $5,000 monthly rent. So we offer to bring them an investor who will buy out that lease and pay, you know, between 16 to 19 years worth of rent up front. So, you know, if someone's making uh, $5,000 a month, we could bring them, you know, something around one, one million, maybe 1.2. And they could take that money and, you know, 1031 it or or do whatever they want with it.
0: Wow. That's really, that's really impressive. You could get, and I'm sure there's a big market for doing that. Um, do you, do you offhand know how many, um, how many cell towers are, are active in, in are around like per, per like multifamily property or are, are most multifamily properties having, uh, have a cell tower on it? Do you know, do you have any idea where so, that, where that's holding?
1: Yeah, it's definitely an interesting question. Um, and the truth is everybody wants it, you know, it's ancillary income, it's free money. So to right. speak, they take up 200 square feet of your roof. So um, th- the problem with it is that you can't really go out, you know, and actively seek one of these leases. You know, like you can't really call eighteen and t and say, hey, I've got this amazing building in uh, Houston, and do you guys want to, you know, lease at the roof? You're not going to get anywhere. So it, it yeah. works a little bit backwards in the sense of, you know, the engineers for, let's say, AT&T or for Verizon, will identify a location that they need, and then they'll reach out to a landlord in that area. So, um, oh, you know, that's okay. just how the leases come about. Yeah, but to answer your question specifically, most multifamily buildings do not have. It's probably around the 10% mark.
0: Right. Interesting. Okay. So, So and how did the uh, market, how did the current market and how did COVID affect the cell tower negotiations and people buying out these cell towers?
1: Um, also a great question. And I'll tell you, COVID affected it in a way that property owners know that these leases have buyout value, right? There's cash sitting on their roof. So, you know, a landlord will look at it and say, when is the ideal time for me to cash in and use the money? So often it's when they're looking to buy a new property, right? They could take it at 1031. But what happened during COVID is that we saw an uptick um, in landlords who needed the cash just to tie them over. So, you know, after a few months of when COVID hit and, you know, with all the rent laws and everything was on pause, so to speak, we really had a lot of, uh, of traction then. And, you know, I think I'd be we able to help a lot of people tie it over just with that cash.
0: Right. Very, very interesting. So, so as opposed to most people halted on, on their, on their selling to, to figure out what to do, you really had a, a more, a bigger uptick on, on sales. Right. In that exactly. time. And ha- ha- right. how have Up and prices... Ups and downs to everything, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Has ha- has prices changed over the past two years uh, the same way that we're seeing in the, in the retail market?
1: Definitely. Definitely. And part of it has to do with low interest rates. Um, but the multiples right now that investors are offering to pay for such leases... Is the highest it's ever been, and again, it is related to the low interest rates. So you know, right now it's it's like we've seen it climbing, and you know, we'll see where it peaks and when it starts to go down. But at least you know, two years ago that we were getting a 17 multiple for it today. Possibly we could get 19. Um, oh, really? Years, wow.
0: You know, we don't know where that's going to be. Right, and then and did. And what was the, what's the one thing, so ha, so you've been in the business for, for quite some time already And what, like, what's the one thing that you've seen happen through your time in the industry that you didn't, didn't expect to happen? Hmm, it's an
1: interesting question. The truth is, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the Timobland Sprint merger and, yeah. you know, the businesses, if you look at the history of cell tower, you know, service providers, you'll, you'll see that starting from, you know, 25 years ago, there were like 10 different companies in and out merging. So the industry has mergers and acquisitions all the time. Um, and, you know, the fact that T-Mobile bought out Sprint isn't new and, you know, obviously it wasn't court and it went through the whole process, but the fact that it actually went through at a pretty, pretty quickly considering, um, I can't say it was super surprising, but it did go through quick, you know, faster than expected. And the ramifications were, you know, obviously pretty high for, for many property owners.
0: Right. And how, how does that affect uh, the property owners when, when they have, let's say when they have with one company, and then there's a merger.
1: So how does that what affect happens their is if a property owner has a lease with Sprint, let's say, for example, you know, and they're, they're making $3,500 a month. What happens is when T-Mobile bought out Sprint, they don't need all the Sprint sites to maintain their network. And so what we're seeing now over the last few months is a tremendous amount of Sprint lease terminations. And property owners are just, you know, wake up one day, you get a letter, often by mail, sometimes by email, and it just says, you know, "We're, we're terminating your site, this is your last check, 30 days, we're out. So for many you know for many people who are counting on that income and all of a sudden it's cut off um, it's, it's pretty painful
0: yeah, I can imagine I can imagine how, how hard them that, that could be and are there any workarounds to 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 get the to to replace them or to or or more like how how to, how can you assure or, or how can you know whether a property will have Will have that happen to them or not? Uh, there's is no there way, any to know. way to tell. There's no way to know. Right. There's okay. No Very interesting. Yeah. Do you have any any deal stories or or anything that that happened to you while you were negotiating a cell tower lease or something that that just stuck out to you that you, you'll never forget happen?
1: <laughs> so you know how it goes. Every deal is a story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one, one deal that happened recently that was actually also a Sprint site included. But what happened was it was actually a non for profit um, building that had two antenna leases on the rooftop. There was Sprint, and I believe the other one was Verizon. I don't remember. It was a couple of months ago. Um, anyway, so the administrator from the non for profit we were working with was super excited. Uh, we went out and got a very aggressive offer for them. And they jumped right in, you know, they, they signed the letter of intent, ready to move forward. And unfortunately that this administrator's mother, um, got very sick. So he was out, you know, he was with her in the hospital and it took, it took a couple months. So the deal was you know, totally on pause, like on hold, nothing was happening. Um, and after a few months, unfortunately his mother passed away. So after, you know, a period of time and he slowly got back into things, so, you know, he reached out to us when he was ready saying, let's move forward with the deal. So, you know, we jumped back into it. His attorney reviewed the contract, everything, and we're moving forward. The day that he was signing the contract, he was literally sitting on his desk. He got a letter from Sprint that terminated, you know, that was terminating the site. And obviously this deal was contingent on the cash flow that was coming from both, from both leases. So it was it was pretty painful, um, but thank God we were able to jump in and we went back to the investor and did some heavy negotiating and we worked out a deal that didn't hit him you know crazy hard, a deal that he was very happy with considering the situation, and we closed. It closed uh, I don't know maybe two months ago. Wow. But, you know just just to yeah for <laughs> to look back and think you know everything happens for a reason. But it's just you know the fact that he was out over that time and you know it, it is what it is you win some you lose some but that's just a,
0: a recent deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on. that's a, that's a really crazy story and it's scary how that can happen. What? Yeah. So, and I, I know that they started creating, started building more and more um, cell towers throughout different regions. Do you do you know where the where? Uh, primary location would be if they, to, to set up a cell tower? Meaning, so would I, it be in the center of the city you know, an actual... or, uh, or in a smaller market? What'd you say? Can you repeat that one more time? What, if, what do you, do you think that, that so, so like T-Mobile or, or AT&T, are they looking to put up a cell tower? Where are they looking in, in a big city? Or are they looking to move, to have it in a up-and-coming city where it doesn't have a lot of cell towers, what what are they what are they looking for to put in a cell tower there?
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting question, um, and obviously each company has their own model
0: of you know where they focus
1: on, how, you know, more densely populated areas or less. Um, a couple things to know though is first of all, there's a new network dish is building in a new th- a new network. Um, they're actually government mandated after this. T-Mobile and Sprint merger, you know, in order to keep competition, um, DISH was mandated to build it, to build out a network within the next two years. So there's a lot of opportunity now. They're, you know, actively, specifically in cities, I believe, more, you know, they'll, they'll reach out to rooftops. Um, but what happens is in, in cities that there's not buildings, you know, that are, let's like say, four stories or higher, they rent space from actual stale towers. And often it's not Verizon or AT&T that are building these towers. Some, sometimes it is. But there's third party companies, um, Crown Castle or American Tower, and they build these steel towers all over the country and they lease out space on those towers to the carriers.
0: Right. And so, then would they, and do, are they the ones that would have a motivation to, to sell their, their lease out? or who is really who are the people that have a motivation to sell their, their lease?
1: So for a rooftop lease, it's direct with the landlord of the property. So, you know, the person who owns that property, um, you know, is, is getting the cash. And the way it works with a tower is that, the, again, the property owner, the landlord, has the ability to sell the ground lease as opposed to, you know, as opposed to a rooftop. He's actually renting space on his, on his, his land to one of these third-party tower companies who are then renting it to carriers. So he can still do a buyout based on his lease with the tower company.
0: Oh, really? Wow. So, so that's really, it does, it goes, it goes, it goes a far, long way. And who, who are the buyers but, for, for these leases? Are they private so, um, buyers? or they institutions?
1: Yeah. Often a few of them are, you know, publicly traded companies. Um, these, these big tower companies, you know, obviously like they have an acquisition part of them and they like to buy out leases. So, you know, you have American Tower, Crown Castle. SBA, a lot of the, the these are the three biggest in the country, um, and they'll buy rooftops as well. And then you have you know a couple of smaller, sometimes more aggressive private entities. Um, you know you have all kinds of investors really. So it's it's part of the secrets of the trade to know you know which one to go to for which deal and which one will give you the best terms, the best multiples for that specific site um and yeah that's that's the business we're in and that's why
0: and that's why people hire you
1: exactly
0: exactly i mean people can do you know
1: i speak with people who went out and negotiated um a buyout by themselves and they went on google and looked up or something like that and that's fine it's like selling directly but the bottom it's you know the same thing as having a broker the bottom line is that you know if you want to really shop the industry and get the best deal um, have some negotiate it for you. You're, you're probably better off
0: with a right. broker. And of course you they a broker can get gar- can guarantee that they're getting you the the best price for that property and they're also vetting out the buyer to make sure that they are they can actually pull through with the deal.
1: Exactly. Because there there are so- some that will um retrade later on, you know, they'll get you to sign an LOI and they're famously known for it unfortunately later on in the deal they will retrade you and you know show you some kind of excuse as part of the diligence that came up and because you signed the loi kind of stuck into it so you know it's it's a sharky industry and it's
0: very niche so you know you really gotta know what you're doing right and you need to have the yeah you need to have the right experience to to do something like that when when you get a property uh a deal like that comes to your desk what's your what's your first thing that you do to figure out what a lease would be worth?
1: yeah so okay. the first thing we look at is rent um, annual escalation or if it's escalating per term we look at what an expiration is we look at whether there's a right of first refusal if there's consent language in some specific uh, tenant and so it's pretty much like a basic abstract you know we pull out those main pieces of information and um yeah that that pretty much determines what kind of multiple obviously who the tenant is is you know a major
0: factor right and does geography um play have any role in what the price would be on that on your property it's like depending on what city it's in
1: it does and it doesn't <laughs> again it depends on the investor you know, I have some, I have a couple of investors who will say, you know, New York City, great. We want to be in the most highly, you know, densely populated areas. And there's are some investors who say, Nah, New York City, we're not into it. So it's, it's, you know, very specific. But overall, um, the multiples are, are pretty much, you know, similarly based more on the rent and escalation and tenant more than locations.
0: Right. Yeah. That's very interesting to to see how that goes. We're about to wrap up. I just want to know, do you have any last advice that you would give anyone on this show?
1: Unsolicited advice, right? (laughs)
0: Unsolicited advice. Yeah.
1: The advice that I would give and it's because I've spoken to a few people recently in in such a situation is that, you know, just in general, you really got to do what you enjoy. And you're going to be right. best at what you enjoy. So if you're forcing yourself to do a job, you know, just for for pay or for benefits or for whatever it is, and it's not something that you love, it, it's not going to last. You know, I'm sure most people have had this experience at some point. And so it, it's basic advice, but, you know, you've you got to do what you love. That's the bottom line.
0: Right. All right, Esther, thank you so much for having, for coming on. And uh, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best? best way to reach out to you
1: uh, the best way is probably my email you can email me directly that's Esther uh, E-S-T-H-E-R at Nexus Towers dot com
0: all right awesome thank you so much for coming on the show and I look forward to to, to seeing you around all right yeah likewise
1: thanks all so all right thank awesome. you so much
0: we'll all see right. you I, all good. right guys all right